song for the test. You are my strength. I'm going to sing to him. Strength like no other. Strength like no other. Has he ever reached to you? Come on, when you're weak and you don't think you're going to make it, say, you are my strength. Strength like no other. Strength like no other. Reach us to me. Come on, one more time, tap. You are my strength. Strength like no other. Stronger than my mama. Stronger than my daddy. Stronger than my preacher. Stronger than my deacon. Stronger than my paycheck. Stronger than my financial portfolio. When I don't know how, I'm going to make it. You are my strength. Come on, won't it be strong for you? Strength like no other. Strength like no other. Reaches to me. Come on, you've been down, didn't know how you was going to make it, but the Lord picked you up. Come on, tell the world, you are my strength. Nobody's stronger than the Lord. Reaches to me. Come on, you feel it in your heart this morning. Say it to him. 
You are my strength, strength like no other. Strength like no other. Reaches to me. Psalm 40. Listen to what the word says about the strength of the Lord. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the Mari Mod Bob and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your faults toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offerings you have not delighted, but you have given an open given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offerings you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the stroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips. As you know, O Lord, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. For evil have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me, and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs on my, on my head. My heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Don't let those who be put to shame and disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought dishonor who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Aha, aha. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Verse 17 says, but as for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought 
for me. You will you are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. I want to talk about the chronicles of the poor and needy. The chronicles of the poor and needy. The chronicles of the poor and needy. Father, help me preach your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The chronicles of the poor and needy. Verse 17 of this text says, For I am poor and needy. These are not words that you hear typically expressed from people today. As for me, I am poor and needy. You would think that these words are uttered by those who find themselves in financial straits, who find themselves dealing with mounting debts and low money flow, low capital, low income. You would think that these words are for those who have no strength and no power to do anything for themselves. Those who don't have titles and positions, and those who are not well connected, those who are not the who's who upper echelon bourgeoisie of society, you would expect these words from those who are struggling, just trying to get from one moment to the next. To personally and publicly confess, I am poor and needy, is something that people uh, try their best not to admit. The truth be told, we can be in need, but not tell anybody. We can be without, but not admit we need assistance. We would rather struggle in isolation. We would rather struggle for a season. Uh, we would just learn to get along, to go along, to get along, rather than to confess that we need some help. But when I read this text this morning, these words are not from the Lord Totem Pole of Society. These words not come from a man who's not well connected. These words do not come from someone who does not have access to the lavishness of society. These words, my brothers and sisters, are uttered by a king. These words are uttered by a man who is the sovereign ruler of his people. These words are not heralded from the basement of despair, but they are heralded from halls of power. They are heralded from the throne, from the palaces of Israel. The king of Israel says in this text, as for me, I am poor and needy. 
The reality is, my brothers and sisters, no matter who you are, no matter what you have, and no matter what you possess, the truth is, life has a way of reminding you that we are truly poor and needy. Life has a way of reminding you and I that we are impoverished, we don't have strength, that we are finite tools who are simply trying to make it from day to day. We are poor and needy. That we cannot make it by ourselves. That there are some problems that money can't solve. There are some situations that knowing somebody can't get you out of. That there, there are some difficult places you can find yourself in. And that no matter what you drive, and no matter where you live, and no matter what the square footage of your home may be, there are certain problems that cannot be resolved by your property in your equity or your uh, value. There are some things that are beyond our capacity. And we have to admit that we are poor and needy. And that's one thing we learned in the midst of this pandemic is that no matter who you are and no matter what you have, no matter um, how much money you make, no matter where your office is, no matter what your title may be, this situation has made all of us confess we are poor and needy. Last night, I mean, where's the night when Zeta made her way across Alabama and those winds started blowing? And those trees started to tumble. And you heard the wind and whistling through the branches. Um, it didn't matter where you lived. It didn't matter what you were sleeping on. It didn't matter who you knew. It didn't matter what your home was made out of. The fact of the matter is all of us were on our knees saying, Lord, please cover us. Lord, please help us. Lord, please let the storm pass on over because we were poor and when grief comes into your heart and you lose a loved one, it does not matter what the life insurance policy was. It does not matter what estate they left behind. In that moment of grief, you are poor and needy. And I want to just suggest to you, my brothers and sisters, even when the storms are not raging, and even when grief has not entered into our lives, even when the doctor's report has not been bad, and even when there's no pandemic, the truth is we're always poor and needy. We're all depending upon the strength and the might 
and the capacity and the compassion and the provision of a great and mighty God. We cannot make it by ourselves. We are poor and needy. I want to make sure you understand that this morning. It does not matter what you have. The reality is you are poor and needy. If you don't believe me, I dare you to die and I guarantee you you're not taking any of those things with you. We are poor and needy. Job had it right when he said naked I came into this world and naked I shall return. That's for the Bible is right, my brothers and sisters. From dust we came to dust we shall return. We are poor and needy. We're poor and needy. We need the Lord. And this is what King David says in this song. As for me, even with all of my lavish lifestyle, even though I am well connected, I've come to understand I am poor and needy. This is not the first time David comes to this conclusion. In fact, David, while sitting in his palace with this confession on his lips understands that there's been other times in his life that he's been poor and needy. And what he does in the Psalms is he chronicles, he, he, he begins to explain his poor and neediness. He goes back to a prior circumstance where he found himself in a predicament that he could not get himself out of. He remembers he's poor and needy. This is not the first time you felt helpless. I know everyone talking about 2020. But at the end of the day, you go back to 2019 and you had some 2020 moments. You can go back to 2018, you had some 2020 moments. You can go back to whatever year you want to revisit and you will recognize in that year you had some moments where you didn't know how you were going to make it. And you were poor and needy. Here's what we learned from this text this morning that tells us what we should do when we feel poor and needy. First thing is, David says, we should reflect on past experiences. Reflect on past experiences. David opens up this psalm in a poor and needy. Remember verse 17, he says, I'm poor and needy. But he opens up by reflecting on something that happened in the past. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined his ear unto me. And he lifted me out of King James, a horrible pit. Bible says that the Lord lifted me out of a, of a pit of destruction out of the Mari Mog of the 
miry clay. Set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. David says, when you are poor and needy, look at the past. Because what you did to get out of it the first time is what you need to do to get through it this time. What did you do, David? David says, understand my situation. He says, I was in a horrible pit. A pit of destruction. David says, I was in a, a place that was meant to take me out. David is really saying, my brothers and sisters, uh, to put it the way grandmama said, I should have been dead, sleeping in my grave. David says, I was in this pit. And here's what was so difficult about the pit. It was Maori clay. David is talking about um, what we would identify as quitsand. And when you find yourself in quitsand, and you are stuck. So he says, I'm in a pit and I'm stuck. I'm in a pit and I'm confined. I'm in a pit and I'm bound. And here's the thing. When you're in my clay, quit saying, if you move, instead of experiencing liberation, you experience greater bondage. And David said, I was in a bad place. And when I tried to get out of it, when I tried to wiggle and maneuver my way free, when I tried to use my own strength to pick myself up out of what was holding me down, instead of coming up, I went deeper and deeper. I went farther and farther down. Anybody ever been there before? Am I the only one that has that testimony? That I found myself in a horrible place, in a place that could have taken me out. And I tried to wiggle my way out of it. I tried to think my way out of it. I tried to use my own strength to lift myself out of it. Everything I tried failed, but it didn't just fail me. Instead of getting better, it got worse. And I kept going down. Down, 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 down. I don't know about you, but I can testify, my brothers and sisters, that I tried it my way. When I tried to get out of it, it kept on holding me down. Made me more and more bound. David says, if that wasn't enough, it was a pit. It is a horrible pit. I like what King James says. Because it gives this implication of I'm in a pit, I'm stuck, I'll keep getting deeper and deeper, and there's noise above my head. That horrible pit refers to uh, noisiness. What David is saying is, I was in a bad place. I was stuck. I tried to get out. I could not liberate myself. I kept getting deeper and deeper 
I kept getting more and more bowed down. And while I was down there struggling, there were people above my head talking about me. It's one thing to struggle in private. It's another thing when your struggle becomes public. I wish I had help this morning. It's one thing for me to struggle and you don't know about it. It's another thing for me to struggle. My neighbor is looking at me. It's another thing for me to struggle. And my family is saying, I don't know what he did or what he did to get himself Situation, you know how we do when we find out one of our kinfolk going through a bad situation. Well, they should have done this, and they should have done this, and if they had just listened, then they wouldn't be in this place. You can't tell them nothing. They got a hard head, and it makes they soft behind. It's one thing for me to struggle in private, but when my struggle becomes so public, that my neighbors and my family members and even my enemies are scorning me. David said, that's a bad place to be. That, that's a bad place to be when people are wagging their fingers saying, ah, we tried to tell you. It's a bad place to be when somebody said, you should have known better. It's a bad place to be. And the self-righteous will look down their nose at you and say you ought to be ashamed of yourself. David is the king and people are looking at him saying you ought to have known better. But David said this is what I did. Here's the chronicles of the poor need. I'm not going to get done with this this morning. David says I cried out to God. Oh my brothers and sisters. This is why David is a man after God's own heart. It's not because David got everything right. It's not because David was a picture of perfection. It's not because David was a model of morality. It's not because David was a goody goody and a goody two shoes. It's not because David never did anything to disappoint God or let God down. It's not because David was sinless. We can go through David's life we can pick off the sin that we knew about. But that was not the only sin that was in David's life that's not recorded in scripture. There are some things David did that we don't know anything about. Oh, my brothers and sisters, I, I want to let you know, stop looking at people just because they love the Lord and think they're supposed to be perfect. Oh, preach, pastor. I'm trying my best. Stop looking at people just because God's hand is on their lives and think that that person is beyond error. Stop looking at people and think because they profess to be a Christian that they never fall short. All have sinned. All have short of the glory of God. But the Bible says he was a man of God's own heart because when David himself in a pit where David found himself in a bad situation regardless of whether somebody else did it to him or he did it to himself David cried out to God he had enough humility to cry out and say Lord I need you 
when you recognize you're poor and needy, you know how to cry out to God. When you recognize that you're poor and needy, you recognize you cannot bear these burdens alone. When you understand you are poor and needy, you don't care about saving your face because there's no face for you to save. When you recognize you're poor and needy, you say, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. He cried out to the Lord. And here's what he did after he cried out. I just want to make sure I say this. I, my, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm not going to finish this this morning. David cried out. Then he said something else. If you look down, I think that's in verse 4, where David says, uh, Bless us the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud. What David is saying is, blesses the man who trusts in God enough to cry out to God rather than to turn to some worldly, prideful, arrogant person and think that that person can get you out of your situation. Uh, Sometimes we get in trouble and we don't turn to God we turn to folk who don't even know the Lord. Yes, we do. We start asking them what you think I ought to do. We start asking them what, how you think I can get out of it. You, you, you start talking to them and, and here's though what happened. The devil shows up, offers you a little hand up. And you don't recognize that that hand up is nothing but a hand to push you back down. And when we get out of it, we recognize that we may have gotten out of that, but we sold our souls in the process. Mm. Turn it to pride for people. People that, here's here what you got to understand, when you turn to other folk, you got to be careful you got to talk to. Because some folk will help you and then put you on blast. Put you on blast. When you come up there, let everybody know. Well, they wouldn't be there if it weren't for me. They wouldn't got there if it weren't for me. Let me just, I, I, I didn't mean to say this, but since I'm out here, let me just go and say, stop helping people in order to make yourself feel good about yourself. If you're going to help somebody, help them. Don't help people in order to make you feel better about your low self-esteem. Some people help folks in order to make them feel like they're somebody. You're going to help me, help me. The Bible says he cried to the Lord instead of turning to pride for people. And here's my last thing. I'm done. It says, and I waited. I waited. After I cried, I waited. And then he adds an adjective. Uh, or adverb. He says, I waited patiently. I, I, I waited and I kept on waiting. 
And I kept on waiting. And I kept on waiting. And I kept on waiting. And I kept on waiting. Here's my brothers and sisters. After you cry out to God. God heard you. God heard your cry. But God wants to know. Do you have enough faith to wait? Do you have enough faith to put your hope in me? You know, uh, I, 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 I thought about whether I should use this, but the Spirit gave it to me now, so I'm going to use it anyway. You know, it trips me out how sometimes you hear ladies say, I don't need no man. I got Jesus. I got Jesus. Jesus is my, he my man. And here's my whole point. My brothers and sisters, hear me out. If Jesus was your man, you would have dumped Jesus a long time ago. Preach, Pastor. I'm doing the best I can. If Jesus was your man, you and Jesus would have parted ways years ago. Because Jesus is not the man that's going to come every time you call and do what you want to be done every time you want it done and do it the way you want it done. I wish I had some sisters that us. amen. The truth of the matter is, if we treated the Lord like we treat other people, we would have gave up on God because God will make you wait. He will make you wait. He, he, and you can pout and he ain't gonna move. You can fuss. And he's still going to wake your weight. You can talk, but he's not going anywhere. He's going to move when he gets ready. Now, let me make sure I understand. I'm not trying to make a parallel between a godly relationship and a human relationship. What I am saying that if we learn to understand that God is not moving every time we want him to move how we want him to move. And since he's God and we are subjected to him, since he's God. God, and we are submitted to him since we are creatures and he are the creator. We have to learn how to just be patient and wait. You can go try to get somebody else to do it, but it ain't going to work. Be patient and wait. Yeah, you can do it yourself, but you really can't. Be patient and wait. Yeah, you want it right now, but it may not come to next month. It may not come to next year. It may not come to the season, but you got to be patient and wait. Uh, I'm done. Wait. But there's something else he's saying here, too. He says, I waited patiently. 
He also said, I waited with expectation. I waited with expectation. I didn't get frustrated while I was waiting because I had an expectation. I didn't get angry because I had an expectation. I waited with expectation. I waited knowing God was coming. I waited knowing God was going to see about me. I waited knowing God was going to deliver me. I waited knowing that my problem was not too hard for God. I waited with expectation. And oh, when you're poor and needy, you'll be like that old song, I need a bottom song. I don't mind waiting on the Lord. Because I know he's coming after a while. I don't mind waiting. Because though you wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I don't mind waiting because they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not faint. I don't mind waiting on the Lord because even those will be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth. I don't mind waiting on the Lord because the Lord is able to deliver me out of my situation. I don't mind waiting on the Lord because the Lord will show up and he may not come when I want him to come but whenever the Lord decides to show up he's always right on time I don't mind waiting on the Lord because the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want to I don't mind waiting on the Lord because he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I ask or think I don't mind church waiting on the Lord because the Lord is able to lift me up out of a horrible pit pick me up out of the mire clean and the Bible says that he'll set your feet upon a rock which says that the Lord will not only bring me out the Lord is able to give me stability. Do I have a witness here? The Lord 
is able to bring me up. But the Lord is able to set me up. That he's not just bringing me out. But he's setting me up. Some of y'all miss your shout. I'm going to shout by myself. He's not just bringing me out. But he's setting me up. I'm going to wait on the Lord because when the Lord brings me up, he's setting me up. When he brings me out, he's setting me up for everything that he's preparing for me. Preach, preacher, I feel like doing it. Is there anybody that can say, I don't mind waiting on the Lord? Because while I'm waiting, he's setting me up. If you don't mind this morning, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, keep on waiting. Because the Lord is setting you up. Do I have a witness here? If you wait tab, the Lord has a blessing in store for you. If you wait tab, the Lord is getting ready to bring you to a new season. If you wait tab, the Lord is going to set your feet up. On a firm foundation, if you wait tab, the Lord has something that eyes hadn't seen, ears hadn't heard, something that's going to blow your mind. Do I have a witness? The Bible says that he set me upon a rock and he put a new song in my mouth. Some of y'all been singing the blues for a long time, but when the Lord gets through, he's going to put a new song in your mouth. Is there anybody that's listening to me this morning that can say, Pastor, I'm ready sing a new song I'm ready to sing a new song I'm ready to sing about how good God is I'm ready to sing about how he brought me out I'm ready to sing about how he made a way I'm ready to sing about how he opened a door well so some of y'all uh, may say, Pastor, uh, I'm not singing the blues uh, because the Lord uh, has already uh, brought me out. Uh, if you got a new song, uh, why don't you wave your hand? If you got a new song, uh, why don't you give him glory? Uh, if you got a new song, uh, say, Lord, uh, I thank you uh, for I song, I thank you that I got a song that angels can't sing. I thank you that I got a song that says he died, but he didn't stay dead. My song is ready. Sunday morning, he got out the grave with all power in his 
in your right. Why don't you wave your hand? Say he's all right with me. He's all right with me. He's all right. He's all right with me. I got a new song. I got a new song. And while I'm waiting to get through this, yeah, yeah, yeah. While I'm waiting to get through this, I don't mind letting you know this morning. It's okay to go through. I'm going through some stuff too. But I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm not going to move until he tell me to move. I'm not going to try to figure it out. I done tried that and got myself stuck. I done tried that and kept going down. I done tried that and it didn't work this time. Lord, I'm just going to wait on you. But while I'm waiting, listen to I'm not singing the blues. I'm not singing the blues because the chronicles of the poor and needy says I don't have to sing the blues. I can sing the last song he gave me until he gives me a new song. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I'm going through, but I'm singing that old song. I'm, I'm, sing, I'm not singing about when I'm going through, I'm singing about how he brought me out last time. And I'm going to keep on singing that song until he puts a new song in my mouth. I am poor and needy. But the good news is God looks out for the poor and needy. Someone may need to make a step of faith this morning. 